Hello and welcome to another episode of the County Cricket Podcast in association with our friends at Bear Crickets. I'm your host, Aaron, aka the Cricket Connoisseur, and joining me on my left for today's very special episode of TCCP is none other than up-and-coming Gloucestershire seamer, AJ Dale. So AJ, first things first, mate, thank you very much for joining me here on the podcast today. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome you on for a chat about all things county crickets. I have to ask, mate, how's your day been so far? Yeah, thank you for having me, firstly. Um, yeah, yeah, I've had a good day. Unfortunately, the weekend I got a bit of food poisoning. Um, so I've been at home for the last three days, but I'm travelling back up to Bristol tonight to train with the lads tomorrow. Um, so yeah, on the mend, and yeah, looking forward to getting back to training tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I bet you are. That is rotten luck. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not not the weekend that you've you had intended then at all. Goodness me. No, yeah, it was my um, it was my sister's birthday. We, we had a really good time, to be fair. But um, I had a bit of raw tuna. I think it was it makes sense if it was that. But um, yeah, tuna capaccio that didn't go down too well. <laughs> Crikey, yeah, that is rough. That is very very rough, mate. But incredibly glad to you know hear that you're back on the men's back in training tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Back playing the game that we all love, but yeah, not the ideal weekend, to say the least. Yeah. Fingers crossed I can make your week a little bit better on today's episodes <laughs> of the Counter Cricket Podcast. But talking of today's recording, just for the new listeners out there who maybe aren't quite familiar with how we operate here at TCCP, today I'm going to be talking to AJ all about his earliest cricketing memories. Then a large chunk of today's podcast will, of course, revolve around the likes of Gloucestershire and Hampshire County Cricket Club. And then we'll end today's conversation with a little look ahead to the future. But AJ, before we jump the gun and we get into all of that good stuff then, I want to take you back all the way to the origins of the AJ Dale cricketing story. So what were your first ever memories of cricket, either playing or watching this fantastic game? Um, Yeah, Um, to be honest, I think my... My most profound memories would be um, waking up as a, like a four-year-old, five-year-old kid in the middle of the night to watch um, uh, Sachin and Varinda Sehwag uh, for India. I was, a, I was a big badger when I was younger. I still am, but yeah, th- I haven't done that in a while. Where I'd wake up in the middle of the night. Um, I remember a series, actually. I forgot what year it was, but um, it was one of the last series, actually, between India and Pakistan. Shreya Bhakta was opening the bowling. And um, he got Sachin out in the first over. And I remember just me and my dad both woke up and he was like, go to bed, son. <laughs> um, yeah, being yeah, being big, big um, Indian cricket fans um, growing up, um, that was probably my, yeah, that's probably my earliest memory I can think of. That, that sort of got me into the love of the game. Um, yeah, sort of from there, I joined my brother. Um, so my brother's quite a bit older than me he's seven or eight years older than me um and I used to just join in with his training um so he would be in like he would be like 10 11 at the time so really young my mum would bring me along I'd just be at the back sort of but um I think just being there I sort of naturally got integrated into the game quite from quite a young age well I'll tell you what that is a lovely journey into the game first yeah. and foremost two outstanding cricketers right there Sachin yeah. Tendulkar, <laughs> arguably the greatest batter to ever grace the game of crickets, depending on, you know, people's different allegiances and people's different favourites. But Sachin Tendulkar, 
the little master really was an outstanding cricketer to watch. And then Verenda Saywag, who graced his presence here in county cricket, used to play for Leicestershire back in the in the mm. mid-2000s. He was outstanding to watch in test cricket at the top of the order. Very much a trailblazer in terms of, I'm not going to say basketball, but, you, you know, accelerated run rates, hitting the opposition right from the get-go. A very powerful, destructive, dynamic opening batter in test cricket. And AJ, this is going to be a very, very tough question. But you did mention those two. And you mentioned a third name, Sherbaktar. If you could have a net session with one of those three cricketers, so you've got Sachin <laughs> Tedorka, Virenda Sewag, or Pakistan Sherbaktar, who would you choose to have in that net session and why? Uh, <laughs> I'd probably be slightly biased towards Sherbaktar because simply because he's who I'd want to replicate. Um, as a young kid growing up, um, trying to bowl fast, um, I was <laughs> ironically lucky enough when I was 13. So when Sachin played his, I think it was the Memorial game for the MCC, the 100th year or something, something like that. It was it was a year or so after he retired, but they had a game at Lords and he did a bit of training um, at Ealing Cricket Club. And I luckily enough for my for my 30th birthday as such, but. Um, I was able to actually have a net session with him. I managed to bowl at him. And yeah, it was, I think that was my, that literally that moment, it still gives me goosebumps now thinking about it. I couldn't believe it. Um, it was just me, him, his son, and then um, a guy called Ashley Chanel, who's a, he's a family friend. Um, he sort of hooked it up for us. But yeah, it was a bit of a, that was a bit of a crazy experience. It's something I'll never forget. <laughs> Wait a second. Hang on. There's a lot <laughs> to unpack there in just a couple of sentences. First and foremost, Ashish Nehra's a family friend. Former Indian <laughs> bowler, IPL superstar Ashish Nehra is a family friend. Yeah, yeah. So my um, my dad's good friends with him. So um, me growing up, I was I was always a big badger. Like I followed every cricketer, England, India, Australia, like whatever the the country was, but. Um, from a young age, had a big following towards um, Indian cricket simply because my family heritage is from there. Um, my mum was born there, my dad was born here, but then the generations before my dad were all based in India. Um, so naturally, big Indian fan growing up. And then um, just sort of, to be honest with you, I don't know the ins and outs, but um, I think it was through and, um, a few other people that my dad got to know Ashish and, and then through that just um developed a, f a friendship and yeah that that moment that he um he was able to uh, give to me for my birthday was yeah it's pretty special <laughs> it's unbelievable i used to watch ashish yeah. nera obviously for india but also in the ipl so i'm a massive ipl mm. fan I actually got into cricket via the ipl in 2008 big rcb fan unfortunately they aren't <laughs> as successful as the mighty warrior county <laughs> cricket club but yeah, what a bowler and what a connection to have. That is absolutely fantastic. And you mentioned yeah. that experience, bowling to Sachin Tendulkar. I have to ask AJ, did you trouble him or was he a little bit too good on the day? <laughs> no, no, I, I far from troubled him. Um, you know, there was there was one ball, like, obviously I was very young, not using that as an excuse, but there was one ball where it was, I bowled it really short and... Um, Actually, not really sure. It was, it was back of a length, um, and the pitch was pretty dead, and it sort of rolled a bit. And I do like it was it was quite wide. It must have been like sixth, seventh stump. And he's gone to drive it, but because it hasn't really bounced, it's hit the toe of his bat, 
I mean, it's, he, he's not troubled at all. It's probably gone through cover point for two or four. <laughs> but um, he did have to change his back because I think um, there was a crack at the bottom of it. That was my highlight uh, because yeah, there was a crack at the bottom of his back. But um, it wasn't there. I mean, he he still showed his class. I, I still remember just thinking, like, the guy's finished his career, absolute legend of the game, arguably the best ever. But still, that he, he was, like, switched on as soon as he put his pads on. It was like... Was having a serious net session because he wanted to be ready for that game. And yeah, I guess that that was sort of a, a lesson from a young age that despite however good you get, like you still train hard and you know it's the it's the day to day dedication, I guess, to the game that you need to have in order to get to the top. Of course, I think that's very sage advice to be honest. And obviously, the great Sachin Tendulkar, very much an advocate of that way of thinking, wasn't it? He trained incredibly hard. He, mm. he really gave his life to the game of cricket. And yeah, you read the rewards, didn't they? Let's be completely honest. One of the best to ever do it. His straight drive and that little glance off the legs. Beautiful. I wish I could watch Sachin Tendulkar play yeah. again. He was just the master for a reason. Excellent cricketer. All-time great. And what a fantastic generation of cricketers that was in the mid to late 2000s. And I suppose actually, AJ, We've spoken mostly there, actually, about the art of batting. So with the likes of Virendra Sehwag and Sachin Tendulkar, two of India's finest modern test cricketers. But we haven't really spoken too much about seam bowling. And yet, talking to you right now, you're a seam bowler in county cricket. So <laughs> where did that love affair with seam bowling actually originate from? Why did you become a seam bowler as opposed to a batsman, a wicketkeeper or a spinner? Um, I think... For me, like when I was a kid, so whatever sport I was playing, um, I, I had that natural instinct always to want to be slightly erratic with it, like slightly be fast or be powerful. Like if it was batting in the garden, like I'd want to try and hit to the next door neighbor's house. Or so like it was always that that thing. And if like if you're playing um, a, a, like tennis, for example, like I'd try and hit the ball as hard as I can. It was it was that kind of reckless and naive nature as a kid that sort of helps me get into fast bowling I guess because obviously as a fast bowler like you're when you're young for me it was always about I want to try and bowl as fast as I can like I had been more bothered about the how the batter reacts to me than if I actually got him out like that was me that's what gave me my buzz um as a young kid um and just that natural sort of personality I had towards fast bowling or character I had towards fast bowling I think that sort of kept me in that road of it always um it like fast bowling always grabbed me more than say you know being a correct batter or um a wicketkeeper or spinner or as, as you said but even on that like me and my brother used to in the garden we used to play games where we'd wake up crazy early so we'd wake up at like 6am I remember in the summer and the sun was obviously out it'd come out quite early and we'd have um, we'd have to pick three players um, so it'd be a spinner a fastball and a batter <laughs> and then you'd have to whoever whichever three players you chose you'd have to then impersonate them when playing so like we are uh, even now thinking about it I used to have so much fun and I remember that age when my brother turned God, when he started getting to 15, 16, 17, and he'd become a bit more of a, 
you know, he was growing up a bit and realised that early mornings were for him. I remember being so disappointed when I could slowly see it stop. But just even that, like, I remember whatever fast bowler I chose, and I used to choose Brett Lee a lot, um, I'd, I'd, I'd always want to, like, be as close to them as possible. And that sort of gave me the the buzz for cricket, really. Um, yeah, looking back, if I chose spin, like... Like, firstly, I don't know if I'd ever be good enough, but if I ever chose to be a spinner or, yeah, something different like that, I, I don't know if I would have ever kept the same level of hunger for the game. Uh, whereas even to this day, fast bowling, like, the adrenaline and buzz I get from it when I when I feel in rhythm, it's like it beats any other emotion or feeling I get from anything else. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's a very common answer, actually when it comes to same bowling, is the adrenaline rush, isn't it? It's the excitement. It's for the thrill seeker. Whereas the spin bowlers, such as myself, and don't get me wrong, I'm not athletic enough to be a seam bowler, but spinners, it's more <laughs> methodical, isn't it? I always liken it to the chess master of the cricket field, whereas the seam bowler is the rock and roll star. It's the one which looks appealing. It's the more aesthetically attractive one. But at the same time, there isn't much better sights in cricket than seeing an express seam bowler like Sherbaktar or a Brettley or a Sean Tate or a Jofra Archer steaming in, bowling 95 mile an hour and uprooting an off stump or clattering a middle stump Yorker. It's one of the greatest sights in sports, let alone cricket. So I can understand where the love affair for seam bowling comes from because it is tremendously thrilling to witness as a fan. must be great to play as well if you're out there in the middle. But in terms of seam bowling as an art form, AJ, you mentioned there the thrill-seeking elements. You mentioned the adrenaline rush. You mentioned getting into that battle with your opposition. What is your favourite aspect of seam bowling as an art form? What brings you back year in, year out to this brilliant aspect of the game of cricket? Yeah, for me, yeah, the best feeling is when you, when you, when you get into rhythm against the top-order batsman, um, you're three, four overs into your spell and you've got three slips, a gully, and like that batter knows you're on, you know you're on against a good player and it's that feeling of just, you know, it is like a chess match type thing in terms of like, is he going to play a false shot outside off stump or are you going to you gonna entice him with a bumper? Is he going to take it on? And it, the, the feelings that you get from those sort of periods of play those are the ones that you know you look back at the end of the day and you, feel, you think wow that was a that was a pretty cool 30 minutes like you'll have spells where you'll get two three wickets in a spell which is unbelievable awesome that that, that they can be rare so those are obviously awesome times in terms of learning the game and experiences and maybe periods that you remember weeks months and maybe even years on I, I still remember spells now where I think like, oh, that was like, that was a pretty cool 30 minutes. Like, like even, even thinking of it now, I remember the second team game when I was, when I was 18, I, it was um, a Hampshire second team game against Somerset and um, a bolder spell. And it was, it was towards the end of um, uh, Marcus Truskovic's uh, career. He, and he was playing and I just remember bowling and thinking, wow, oh, this is pretty surreal. And, like I was bowling well at the time, didn't go for many runs, and I think I maybe got one wicket in the spell. And the next day I got two or three, but it was actually that evening bowling at him, uh, the last session of the day, where 
that sticks with me still now because I just remember thinking about like, what an experience this is. Because um, at the end of the day, you just like as a as a player, you want to bowl at the best players because that's sort of no way that that helps you understand where you're at and um, where to improve on, um, and then makes the next time even better because hopefully you've improved and you can give that person a better battle. One hundred percent, and that is quite the battle against Marcus yeah. Strascotic, England legend. Somerset legend, icon of county crickets. And yeah, to, to have a spell of that against him must have been tremendously special. To be honest, AJ, you might actually talk about some spells like that as we progress in today's podcast to get into our talk about Hampshire and Gloucestershire. But before we get on to your chats about professional cricket and we discuss your journey here in the, the professional arena of, of cricket here in England and Wales... I just wanted to take you back almost to the origin of your county cricket story because you mentioned beforehand, obviously the next session with Sachin Zendulkar, that would have been absolutely incredible. You mentioned watching international cricket early in the mornings, those those battles with your brother where you'd impersonate all these international superstars. But what was it about county cricket that drew you in in the first place? Do you have any kind of first memories with regards to the counties per se? Yeah, so... If I think back, I might have earlier memories, but a moment that sticks with me, which um, was it was a while ago now, is the 40-over competition. Um, and I remember, so growing up, so I, I, I joined the Surrey County Age Group uh, programme when I was, I think it was nine. I started under nines and then did that for four or five years or so. But I remember um, each year they would invite us in for, we would have like, um, I think it was a rewards day um, in one of the boxes, but it would always be during a Surrey game, uh, first team game. And a young, uh, an early memory that sticks with me was um, I remember it used to be quite consistent. Uh, Rory Hamilton Brown just uh, smacking it everywhere, but I'd be quite. I remember thinking like this wasn't your usual. Like that was quite unique at that time. Um, like to me, I just remember thinking, like, "Wow, this like, he's hitting it so hard." And like, I, I used to think that, um, in, well, in that time, I used to think batters batted a bit slower. But I remember watching him, thinking, "Wow, he makes it look so easy." So that's a time that sticks with me quite a bit. Um, and yeah, I used to, yeah, I used to look up to him quite a bit when I was younger because um, being a young Surrey player, obviously, that's sort of you know your role models growing up. Um, but yeah, so the 40 over competition definitely. Um, and then yeah, I, I went to I went to a finals day actually when the the GS Bowl was called the Rose Bowl, and I went to that. It was the iconic one where um, I went to the last ball. Um, God, I'm trying to remember what actually happened, but I remember it was so exciting. Um, it was the game where. Yeah, Dominic Cork ran on. Yeah, Hampshire won on the last ball, didn't they? It was against Somerset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, that was also that's a that's a memory I remember. My my auntie took me. I, I remember thinking like, like that was pretty cool because it was a packed out stadium um, and like the level and show was like pretty pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, that, that's probably my earliest memory of county cricket. Well, it's a nice memory to have. Let's face it, in that Surrey Academy setup, watching Rory Hamilton Brown and yeah, that final stay was absolutely ludicrous. As you mentioned, going down to the final ball, 
of the competition. It always delivers, though, doesn't it, finals day? It's a great occasion, fantastic showpiece. Fingers crossed 2023 delivers as well because yeah. the past few finals days have been very exciting. I think back to last year, actually, with Hampshire winning on the final ball, Nathan Ellis icing the veins against Lancashire. Yeah. But, yes, yeah, moments like those that, when you look back now, all those years after, I suppose, they have almost ignited the fire in the first place. It's quite nice to look back on those, I think, sometimes and almost find the origin of your county cricket story. And aside from Surrey, then, talking of Hampshire, where did that opportunity first materialise in their youth system? How did that, you know, first come about, I suppose? Yeah, so um, I, I used to do, um, well, I say used to, I, I, I still do sometimes, but um, there's a batting coach called uh, Julian Wood. Um, and he, he he's a very impressive batting coach. He's done things all around the world. But um, I was working with him at the time, and and he was the opportunities at Surrey. I probably wasn't getting as much as what I wanted at the time. Uh, I was fourteen. Uh, yeah, it was it was. I was fourteen. I think I turned fifteen in the summer that we decided that. Like I think it was just getting a bit you know a bit tricky with Surrey in terms of getting good game time, um, how to get in the academy, etc. And Woody sort of put me in contact with the um, academy director at Hampshire and he sort of got me a trial. Um, and then, yeah, through that, I went for a trial and I was put on the EPP programme, the Emerging Players programme. Did that for a few years. I never got onto the academy, actually, um, which I remember that was quite tough period for me because I remember it's sort of like a bit of a roller coaster really I'd have days where I feel like I'm like I'm, I'm doing really well and then days I'm like oh things aren't clicking um but yeah never got into the academy um but then my last year of school that winter that winter before I finished school um I did some really like uh, intense work back home um with the, with the guys helped me in my whole life um this guy called Naeem he's been sort of a guy who I've looked up to in terms of he's helped me with my bowling my batting everything really from a young age and we had a really productive winter uh went back to uh, I didn't train too much with Hatcher that winter and I went back um early summer and basically played a summer of second team cricket um which was that was a great opportunity because I sort of went from struggling to get any academy cricket to then playing a whole summer of second team cricket and then through that summer I was offered a summer contract for the following year and it sort of went from there um so yeah it was a, it was a tough period really but it's experiences that I think really helped me um and sort of made me like the player I am today in terms of when you get challenges and in four-day cricket you get challenges every every hour or so um so up and down i think it's it's held me in good stead um and yeah i feel i feel like i'm i'm stronger and better off for them um but yeah well that's completely understandable again we do get that quite often here on the podcasts because unfortunately as fantastic as it would be in life to have a very smooth journey into counter cricket you go through the epp you go through the academy you make your first team debut and then you play county cricket for 10 years. Unfortunately, that just isn't possible. 
for the vast majority of cricketers, you do have to almost take those alternative routes and pathways into the game. And you mentioned second 11 cricket there. And we do speak a lot about second 11 cricket here on the podcast because, again, it's an interesting avenue to kind of build up that experience, those match day scenarios before you make your, your bow, I suppose, in county cricket proper. This is going to be a pretty tough question, AJ, but looking back on those those days and those memories, I suppose, for Hampshire second 11, what do you say was your favourite moments for the seconds? Oh, we, um, there was, um, the, oh, what, what year was it? I think it was, I think it was the year I had a, yeah, the year I had a summer contract, that was 2019. Um, we won the, three day the three day two day uh, the three day second eleven um championship but then i think the yeah the final was a four day game that's why it was confusing <laughs> um yeah winning that because we played in the main pitch we played at the gs on the main on the main square um that was and i was playing with like some of those guys are still like really close friends with now um so yeah playing with a group of mates um it was quite a young side and um yeah that summer was Although it was up and down as on a personal level with my cricket, um, even looking at that game, like I didn't bowl as well as I'd have liked to. But just winning, you, you learn that winning trophies with with your mates. And although that was only a second eleven trophy, it was still very special. Because um, um, yeah, I remember that that moment still. Yeah, it sticks with me very fondly. Um, but yeah, that was probably my best moment in second eleven cricket uh, Hampshire. Um, we also got to finals day in the T20 comp, unfortunately lost in the final, but um, that was also a pretty um, impressive yeah, tournament we had there. Um, so, yeah. So, some very nice memories indeed. Winning the second 11 county championship, reaching second 11 finals day, and as you mentioned, spending that quality time with your mates out in the field winning trophies doesn't get any better than that. I suppose first 11 trophies would surpass that in the future. But yeah, de- definitely. <laughs> obviously, that's why we play cricket, isn't it? To have a good time with your mates and obviously be as successful as, as possible. Get that silverware in the trophy cabinet. And before we talk about your debut for Hampshire in the first 11, which occurred during the craziest season in, in cricket history, obviously during the summer of mm-hmm. 2020 with the shortened COVID season, just one final question, I suppose about those second 11 experiences, AJ. With the power of hindsight and retrospects, what do you say was your biggest takeaway from a learning perspective from that time in the second 11? What's the biggest lesson that you learnt from your time with those lads and in in that setup? Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a good question. I think, I think the, the biggest learning on a personal level would be the guys that you see that go from second eleven cricket into first team cricket and maintain their spot and effectively um, have a you know have a good run of games in the first team. It's just that it was just that consistency element. Um, you know, one one spell in the morning is great if you're on, on the money, but then repeating repeating it straight after lunch and in the like evening session and then doing it on day two and day three, et cetera. Um, so that's probably the biggest learning. And although it sounds obvious when you're doing it, you realize those maybe weaker one, two overs that you bowl in the spell of 
in a, in a day of 15 overs, they can sort of let you down quite a bit in terms of how to reach the first team. Um, so that was probably the biggest learning curve and a very valuable experience because I felt like, I felt like as hard as they were, I feel like I did learn a lot from them. And that's, that's helped me get into a position where I can compete for first team spots now. Um, but then on a, on a team level, um, it was just like understanding, like essentially all 11 guys, you, you obviously get a few academy guys in the team, but everyone's goal is to get in the first team. But in order to make it an effective process, playing second team cricket and, and a fun process, it's just about still enjoying, enjoying the game and understanding that it's a chance to play the game that we all love. Um, so yeah, that, that sometimes I'd get caught in between of, you know, trying to do my best to push for a higher spot, but also understanding I'm playing with my mates that I should, I should also be enjoying it for what, for what it is. Cause I could be in a different avenue of life that I wouldn't have enjoyed as much because essentially cricket is, is my, yeah, it's the thing that, like I said earlier about fast bowling, it's the thing that gives me a buzz that nothing else can compare to. Um, so, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, AJ, that's really, really nice to hear. First and foremost, the fact that you had such a good time in and around that second 11 setup down on the South Coast and the fact that you did take away so many learning experiences and, and sagely advice, I suppose, from that time with the second 11 at Hampshire because it is important and that is the whole point behind second 11 cricket. Obviously, you are vying for that contract with the first 11. That's everybody's dream, is to play county cricket. And if you're good enough, international honours beyond that. But at the same time, second 11 cricket is a great proving ground, isn't it? It's a great place to learn your cricket and put those skills into practice for the future. So, yeah, I was really, really glad to hear that. And the other thing which I do take great pleasure in listening to, actually, is the fact that you enjoy your cricket so much. I mean, we've, we've been speaking now for about 20, 30 minutes, right? And it just emanates this cricket badger energy, which is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> really, really love that. It's a great game. It's a great sport. And at times, I suppose cricket does get very serious. And everybody takes it incredibly seriously. You want to compete. You want to strive to be your best. But at the same time, it's a sport that is there to be enjoyed. And as much as cricket can be tremendously tough, tremendously difficult and again we'll probably discuss those tougher moments as the podcast progresses sometimes you do just need to take a step back don't you have some perspective realize that your life could be in a much more tougher position outside of this game so while you've got the opportunity to play cricket grab it with both hands enjoy it play with a smile on your face enjoy the battle enjoy the thrills even enjoy the tough moments at times because as you said beforehand it makes you a better person. It makes you stronger. It makes you more versatile in the long run. So I thought that was really, really nice to hear, AJ. And I've got to say for a 22-year-old, a very, very mature outlook indeed. But aside from second 11 cricket, we now have to talk about first 11 cricket. And your debut, Mr. Dale, because this took place during a very, very interesting season, to say the least. 2020, shortened by COVID. We didn't actually have the county championship. It was the Bob Willis Trophy. And on debut, let's just say you put in quite a good performance, in particular in the first innings. So what can you remember about that game, about that day? And what were you feeling 
as soon as you stepped out onto that field to represent Hampshire County Cricket Club for the very first time? Yeah, uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, it still feels like um, yesterday. Um, that whole experience was, yeah, it was pretty surreal at the time. And, you know, it was obviously when you're a young kid and like you learn that, yeah, you want to play professional cricket and you want to go right to the top. And um, you're always looking at the highest level possible. And there's levels that you know you have to go through in order to get to that point. And making my professional first-class debut was obviously one of those points. And doubt can be one thing, but also just with, with things like that, I find that when it actually, when you get that opportunity to achieve something that wasn't the goal, it's just, it's a very special feeling. And that whole week as such was yeah it will be one that I think you know will live with me for my whole career um and yeah uh, yeah I still remember how I found out I was, I was very lucky to be honest with the with the like in terms of how I got my debut because the week before we had a so the, the game was against Sussex at Hove and the week before we had a warm-up game against them at Hove so it's like that was that was a very nervous few days for me in the warm-up game because that was my first sort of game playing for the first team although it, it didn't go to any stats or it wasn't a professional game as such we were playing pretty much Sussex I think maybe three or four of their players changed from that game into the actual first class game so it was a pretty similar side we had a pretty similar side out so it was sort of like a, a dress rehearsal um and that I think definitely helped calm the nerves for the for the main event. <laughs> um, I found out that I was going to play the day before the game, so we travelled up. Uh, I forgot what day of the week, to be honest, it was, but we travelled up the day before, and then I found out when I just dropped my bags off. Then, so I had a night to process it. And, yeah, I was very excited, um, and yeah, I just I just remember that morning was yeah, it's pretty surreal and. But, but I was very excited. Um, and then I think the first thing that calmed my nerves properly was actually, <laughs> I had a drop catch. I, uh, I think it was Clark, I think, at Gully by Felix. <laughs> and um, that actually calmed the nerves because that made me realise, like, okay, I'm in the game here. And now that buzz of playing first team cricket and like or the nerves of playing first team cricket is sort of then I was then in a zone of okay it's like game time and it just feels like another game that sort of settled everything I think to create that first opportunity I was very nervous about but once that had happened then I was like I was, I was a lot calmer and then um luckily sort of from there I, I went on I had a really good day that day um got myself on a hat trick um and yeah it was it was sort of pretty surreal. I, I think I went at, I think I went at twos um, or something like that. Um, and yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, I was very, I just remember when I think Barks got the, Keith Barker got the last wicket and walking off thinking like, yeah, I was, I was proud of myself, but I was also just, you know, like when you have days like that early on, it just sort of makes you realise like, okay, you can, you're, you're good enough to do this. Like now what's next? That, that, that's sort of how my mindset always is in terms of when I get to these sort of tick points um, or, or checkpoints, um, it's sort of, you get there and you have 
the, the moments that reassure you are the ones then that help you sort of you just want more you get greedy you just want more and more <laughs> further on well of course that's human nature isn't it as soon as you've got that first yeah. taste of success you want to replicate it you want to bottle up that feeling and experience it time and time again and spot on i'm not surprised actually that you got those those figures absolutely bang on yeah two runs and over three for 20 from 10 overs yeah. and just for those who who don't know the wickets aj i'm guessing that you remember them quite vividly but who were the three players that you dismissed in that innings yeah so it was it was clark with a pull shot <laughs> it was a bit of a drag down to be honest um i i, I always say when i've when a player pulls you and it goes pretty straight, though, I'll, I'll always use the reason of being for pace. So, uh, although the, the the ball was a bit of a yeah, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily it's not the best ball, um, it's not the ball you'd want to bowl repeatedly. But yeah, he pulled it to mid on uh, Barker, uh, Keith Barker caught it, and then second wicket was Ben Brown first ball. Um, that was a that was a really good ball. And I, I remember just thinking that was I was on cloud nine. I remember that celebration. Um, it was. It wasn't too uh, long before lunch, and I remember I was obviously buzzing when I got into the the dressing room straight after. And um, Harry, Kane, Felix—they were like really gassing me up. They're, they're two of my quite close friends at Hampshire, so um, yeah, that was a that was a nice. I, I remember that lunch break quite well actually, in terms of like just buzzing, um, just desperate to get back out there really and try and get more wickets. But um, and then the Third was Ollie Robinson. Yeah, he chopped on. Um, yeah, it was a it was a wide, wasn't quite a half volley, but it was quite full. And uh, yeah, he just chopped on. But um, it was one of those days where even balls that weren't great were going my way. Um, and it's nice to have days like that because in cricket you have so many days where you feel like you've actually bowled well, but your figures are just showing a different story. Um, so you know sort of you you hold on to the days where you might have been a bit lucky but I guess you can say that luck sort of um, <laughs> um yeah exactly it is important as a bowler it's so important to know that whether you're a seamer or a spinner there are going to be days where you bowl phenomenally well and get absolutely no reward whatsoever and they are so frustrating. I can't say I've ever had them because I don't bowl well enough to experience them. <laughs> but, you know, when you're, you're watching either at a grounds or on the TV and you're watching these incredible spells and the ball's nipping about all over the place and it's just missing the edge and these bowlers get no reward, it's so frustrating to watch. And then on another day, this is something I have experienced, you bowl a really bad ball and somehow it gets a wicket. You know, you bowl an absolute yeah. full toss or a pie or... You know, just a terrible delivery. Batsman mistimes it, and all of a sudden, you've got a wicket in the column. So you really do just have to take it day by day and and game yeah. by game as a bowler. It's those um, it's those classic ones of as a as a fast bowler, you've run in for five six overs, bowled your heart out, and a part timer comes on and gets gets your wicket. <laughs> yeah, <'Cause> that, yeah, <laughs> it is. That but, must be. Yeah. Do you ever get frustrated <laughs> by that though, AJ? Let, let's say that you've had you've had one of those spells that you're mentioning earlier, right? And that the ball's talking, but you're getting absolutely no reward. And then a part-timer comes on, they bowl, I don't know, just a really bad slow delivery, and the ball pops up and they get a catch. Is that ever a little <laughs> bit frustrating? Be honest. Um, I think 
it's, it's a tough one because if, if I look recently, so this is my last year of, of cricket um, with Gloucestershire, it's been like I've had, I had the absolute best time all year. And one thing I learned, learned is that in first class cricket, it's so hard to get 10 wickets. And then it's even harder to get 20 wickets um, in both innings. So I, when definitely growing up, if, if you bowled a good spell and then a part-timer comes in, or even if someone else comes on who's maybe not gone through the hard graft to earn that wicket, goes and gets a wicket, naturally, yeah, young, when I was younger, it, it would, I'd be, like, disappointed because I'd be like, oh, like, I just want, I want people to, like, know, like, it's just that reassurance. You want people to know that you've actually bowled well that day. But from a recent point of view, I, I know now how hard it is to get 20 wickets in a, in a county championship game. So, uh, to be honest, any wicket, regardless of how it's taken, if it's you or your mates, I'm, I'm buzzing. Um, I guess the feeling slightly changes in second team cricket because you've got that element of you're trying to earn your spot into the first team. So I think naturally, as much as you want to be a team player, you're desperate to get into the team above and stats, stats speak for themselves. So if you walk away with six wickets as opposed to two wickets, obviously you get six wickets head coach is probably looking at, you know, okay, he's doing well, so get him into the team. But from a first team point of view, like, I know that this year, any any time a wicket was taken, bad ball, good ball, whoever it was, you're just, you're just delighted to get a wicket, um, especially especially with the group of players we've got where we're all, like, we're all very close with each other. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great to be part of a team and any bit of success is just it's widely appreciated by the by the whole team really oh of course and it goes back to that old saying doesn't it, it doesn't matter how they come as long as you get a wicket yeah. one, one less job to 100%. do isn't it in the game of cricket yeah. and yeah you do have even just um if i um yeah i was just saying even if i look at this year we had a we had a um, it was a game against hampshire away at the Aegeus and um just remember, um, probably it's one of the highlights of my season, actually, just how happy we all were going into the dressing at the end of the day. So we had a, was a, a behind the eight ball. Um, myself and Jared had a decent partnership. We put on like 70 or 80 for the last wicket partnership, but we were still about, we we're still a good amount of runs behind and we we're about 80 runs, I think, behind. But um, that evening when... Uh, we had Mohammed Amir as our overseas for a few games. He bowled like an absolute champion. He 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 took three or four for spit um, in his spell just at the end of the day. And then the last two overs, Graham Van Buren took a wicket. And um, you know what? I might be actually getting the innings mixed up, but the evening where Graham Van Buren took a wicket and then Miles Hammond took a wicket in the last two overs or three overs of the day, just remember, like, <laughs> we were all so happy. Like, just the the feeling we all had as a group it was just like it was just we were all on like cloud nine um and like yeah that was a pretty special moment <laughs> i can imagine it was and I, I will say this about the gloucestershire boys it is a great group isn't it we'll probably discuss that in a bit more detail when we talk about the west country outfit but we've had a number of the team here on the podcast and I've got to say, each and every single one of them has been an absolute delight. So shout out to the Gloucestershire boys. I know it was a tough season, as we'll probably discuss in due course. But yeah, so it's a good bunch they've got down in Bristol at the moment. But AJ, before we do talk about Gloucestershire and we talk about this season, we talk about maybe some of your teammates as well. 
that you do share a dressing room with at the Brightside County Ground. Just, I suppose, the, the final words on your time at Hampshire. In retrospect, and again with the power of hindsight, how would you describe your experiences as a cricketer of Hampshire County Cricket Club? How do you look back on your time with the Southern Outfit? Um, yeah, at the end of the day, like I'm just I'm honoured that they were able to give me my professional debut. Um, and I'll always, like that'll be a moment that I'll remember for the rest of my life. So I'll always be you know, very privileged to that opportunity. And, you know, I learned so much from from the lads there in terms of, from a bowling perspective, Hampshire, especially recently in the last five, six years, have produced a bowling attack, which is, you know, the, the, some of the best county championship bowlers and also some of the best bowlers in world cricket with Carl Abbott, Keith Barker, Mohamed Abbas, um even when i was in the in one of the age group years at hampshire they had dale stain so like and and um Fido edwards so they, they there's i'm probably missing a few as well but the um the fact is, is that i've been able to watch these guys and even second team cricket at hampshire i played a few games with barks um and obviously managed to play a few first team games with him but i played more second team cricket with him and and a bit with abo as well and like i learned so much from these guys and they were awesome in terms of just feeding off their knowledge to us um, as young players. And those conversations and experiences, I think, have really helped me get to where I am right now. And like, hopefully I can use them to push on and, you know, um, get like get close to where they are right now because um, they're sort of leading the game, especially in, in county cricket right now. They certainly are. Hampshire have got a scarily good bowling attack, haven't they? With the likes of Mohamed Abbas, Kyle Abbotts, and the man, the myth, the legend himself, Keith Hubert Douglas Barker. <laughs> Shout out to Keith. What a man. Great cricketer, a great bloke as well. And <laughs> as you said, it is all about learning, isn't it? From players like that, they've dominated the game here in county cricket. Kyle Abbott and Abbas in international cricket as well have been phenomenal for their respective countries. So... Yeah, it's all about the learning experiences when it comes to those times at Hampshire. And I suppose, aside from your time on the South Coast, AJ, we do now have to shift attention to your time in the West Country. Also in the South, but obviously a little bit more towards the Bristol Channel. Let's talk about your time at Gloucestershire County Cricket Club. So how did that opportunity first materialise in the first place? Yeah, so... um... I was playing a second team game for Hampshire against Gloucestershire um, at the uh, Gloucester second team ground, Rockhampton. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a three day game and I, I, bowled, I bowled really nicely. Bowled, I got four, four wickets in the first innings for not many. And then um, in the second innings, um, Gloucester, the, Gloucester won, um, I think they're chasing not many, like 60 or 70 runs and I got one in the second innings but again bowled nicely um, and Owen Dawkins who was leading that game from a coaching perspective for Gloucester he he approached my second team coach at the time Jimmy Adams I think just let him know that he was interested um, in terms of like what's the plan really and it sort of just materialised further on my my agent got in, was um, got in touch with Owen and um and a few other Gloucester representatives and sort of I, I played um 
I played a few second team games then for Gloucester. Uh, I was on loan for the last four weeks of the season, I think, with them. And um, yeah, bowled, bowled nicely. Um, and yeah, we, we came to, yeah. Uh, and then I signed a two-year contract with them. But it was, it was quite a smooth process in terms of they, they looked after me from, from day one. They were, like you said earlier, like the lads are just, they're, they're really good people. Um, and like, that's not just the senior lads, the young lads, the academy lads, they're all like, and all the coaching staff. It's a very tight knit group um, that extends even to, you know, the people in marketing and, and um, you know, the whole community sort of that's related to the club. They're all very welcoming and, you know, by the end of that season, where I'd, I played three or four second team games with Gloss, like I felt like I'd known the lads for for a while. And, and going into that winter winter training, it didn't feel like I was joining a new club. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a it was a very smooth process, and you know, one that I was I was very lucky because you hear about players sometimes when they move teams, where it's, it's hard to get. It takes a while to get used to that. That new setup, but but Gloss were were amazing, and I think that's one of the reasons why I was able to have a, a bit of a breakthrough breakthrough year last year, um, and you know, um, get play some good cricket really. Well, you most certainly did, as we shall discuss in just a minute, because we'll have a look at some of the highlights from your 2022 season. But again, that is really really good to hear. And it is a common theme here on the podcast, but Gloucestershire, when they do have these new signings, they make them feel so welcome. As you said, they're a real family and community-driven club. There's a great ethos in Bristol, and yeah, quite clearly it made that transition from Hampshire to Gloucestershire a lot smoother, which makes life a heck of a lot easier as well, doesn't it? And AJ, I suppose in terms of, of first impressions of Gloucestershire, obviously the lad's fantastic, and the, the team set up with the with the coaches and the rest of the backroom staff was excellent. But in terms of the Brightside County ground, obviously very different compared to the Aegeus Bowl in terms of the size and facilities. But what were your first impressions of Gloucestershire as a county cricket club? Um, yeah, there's yeah, it was it was very different. Um but things I noticed straight away were just things that it was just like there's there's a few like coincidences in terms of like um it, it was quite quirky and like it was just things that I, I quite liked to be honest in terms of when I when I turned up there even with the artwork um and you know so there's artwork in the in the gym area and then around the ground and then around Bristol in general and I quite li- like it was, it was a breath of fresh air really it was, it was just different you know like cricket can be quite um can be associated you know with like more traditional um areas and stuff whereas bristol's like it's quite modern and it was quite yeah it was, it was very nice and then yeah the lads obviously helped helped a lot in terms of just getting me used to everything but it was it was smooth and and like yeah everything everything just i just felt very lucky really there was i, I had no negatives and um the the facilities they were like the gym was great the indoor schools it's fine it's obviously smaller than the one at Hampshire but you, you make you learn to make things work and um you know I've had a, a really productive winter there this year and um 
as long as you can get all your work and that's the main thing I guess and that's something I've been able to do so happy days from that perspective but um but yeah no it was the way I'd sum it up really was yeah gloss is like a breath of fresh air in that in that respect from a from a cricketing perspective they certainly are and it is an interesting ground Bristol as you said with the artwork and obviously got the flats as well and they've had a massive redevelopment really has changed an awful lot in the past decade it didn't used to be nearly as as expansive I suppose but it's a wonderful place to watch cricket in 2017, I watched Moe and Ali score England's fastest ODI century of the time, which was unbelievable. Great atmosphere, great venue. Love Bristol as a city. And yeah, if you can get yourself down for a Gloucestershire game, thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it. It's a great place to go and watch some county cricket. And talking of the glorious Gloucesters then, AJ, what do you say has been your highlight from your time with the West Country outfit so far? Is the one particular game, one particular performance or spell which really stands out above the others per se uh, yeah um you know i've in a, in a weird season as a as a team for us this year like I've, I've, I've had quite a few highlights in terms of winning at headingley in the last game of the season that was a that was although unfortunately we were already down just the the character we showed in that last month of the county season and the way we performed as a team and the the morale we had it was just one of the most like it was one of the funnest months of cricket I've had in my in my life um and so yeah definitely winning at Headingley was a highlight um making my debut was a highlight at North Ants but even more so the second game against Yorkshire which was was our first home game of the season my um my family were able to come down so and and I bowled well that game that was that's probably my highlight being able to you know bowl well in front of my family at home there was a decent turnout as well and yeah that was that, that was a really nice week um and yeah it was probably my breakthrough week in terms of like after that week moving forward I, I knew my role um I knew yeah I knew my skills and it gave me a lot of reassurance moving forward um for the rest of the season um I'm just trying to think we we had a few like we had quite a few like highlights, but in terms of as a team highlight, definitely that that Yorkshire game at the end of the season because it was also a thriller. It went right down like we were we were cruising it. They needed, I think they needed a hundred runs when they were nine down and a hundred more runs or ninety odd at least. And then Don Bear started playing um, some crazy shots. He batted really well. Um, and you start thinking when it gets below thirty, you're like, oh god, like what's happening here? But then. Um, yeah, Payne picked up the last wicket, and that was that was a that was an awesome moment. It was nice to spend time in the in the dressing room after for thirty or thirty odd minutes or so, and then, um, yeah, we had a we had a good time that that evening as well. <laughs> I can imagine you did, and obviously, as a fan of Warwickshire County Cricket Club, I don't thank Gloucestershire for what they did the previous week by beating us in Bristol. Yeah, but that game at Headingley was fantastic and obviously without that victory for the glorious Gloucesters Warwickshire wouldn't have stood a chance of staying up so we do only <laughs> one in that capacity I suppose AJ and of course the rest of the Gloucestershire boys a great game just, up at Headingley and yeah just also, obviously a mental um, end of the season wasn't it yeah but also on highlights I should say um you reminded me as well the, the game against Warwickshire where um Pricey took his eight wickets that was a 
that that was a that was a highlight in terms of because he uh, become really good mates with Pricey and like that was pretty surreal to watch. So that that was also another highlight. Um, yeah, I should say. <laughs> yeah, a, a very surreal bowling performance indeed. Not not sure I can remember. I think it was just the figures of, of eight for twenty seven. <laughs> against yeah. Warwickshire, so thank you for that, Mr Price, for putting in that performance <laughs> against us. Career best figures, just when yeah. we're on the verge of relegation. But again, he's a very good young talent, and Gloss have got a lot of them, yourself included, AJ, heading into the future. So very exciting times for Gloucestershire County Cricket Club as a club, and for the fans, should be a very, very exciting year in 2023. But I suppose the, the other thing we do have to talk about from that season, I suppose, which is... The more difficult aspect, AJ, is the relegation because even though it was a fantastic end to the season and it really was two consecutive victories after a really, really difficult season, must have at least offered a little bit of a confidence boost. But unfortunately, it did end up with the club going back to Division 2. So would you say that was your toughest moments in a Gloucestershire shirt so far? The fact that the club had worked so hard back in 2019 to get this promotion and then Obviously, 2021, they won more games than anybody else in county cricket. I don't think people actually quite remember that, but they won more than Warwickshire, and yet we won the title. But would you say that relegation was one of the toughest moments of your career so far, or was there a tougher individual moment for you over the course of the 2022 season? Yeah, no, it, that, you never want to, like, when you enter a season, your goals are always, you know, how are you going to win? How are you going to win the title or the competition or whatever format it is? And it was very disappointing to get relegated. I think early on as well, not to be able to go into that last game with the sniff. Um, I'm staying up, but yeah, it, it, it was very it was it was very tough. But the the thing that made the tougher the tougher the realization that we're going down a bit a bit easier was the fact that we ended the season so well. Um, we we showed what we can do when we play well, and um, you know it was a, a hard season. It was, um, I guess, it's hard for me to say because it was my first year with the club. But I think there was, you know, there was changes and stuff. So with changes comes challenges as such, and um, you know we experienced some this season, um, last season, but definitely in a yeah we're in a we're in a good position for the upcoming season and. I think everyone's everyone knows their roles going into this season, and we're, we're excited. A lot of the lads have gone away to various places. You know, I think a big bulker in Australia playing um, grade cricket out there, and then there's a few in South Africa. Um, and yeah, so there's only there's only actually four or five of us um, in Bristol at the moment, um, which is quite a a unique experience but we, we make fun of it uh, I know the lads have been I'm not I, I love watching darts but I'm not very good at the lads have got a dart, darts board in the in the change room they're taking that quite seriously um, but yeah so that's just one of the one of the things that shows we're all very relaxed but we're also excited and we've been working really hard for what should be hopefully a, a really good season for us um, and yeah, we've learned we've learned from where we went wrong last year, I think. So we're we're going into it, you know, with with a strong mentality to hopefully perform and do well. As you should do as well, because as you mentioned beforehand, Gloucestershire have got some great young talent. Another one is Dom Goodman 
in first-class cricket. He's very, very impressive. The former Buckinghamshire scene bowler. And then, of course, you've got the experience of Chris Dent, one of the most consistent openers in county cricket. You've got James Bracey, who is a fantastic cricketer. And then the experience of someone like a Jack Taylor as well to throw into the mix. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good squad that Gloucestershire have got. And I do think they will be competitive across formats in 2023. And, AJ, I suppose that is a lovely place to bring today's recording to an end by having a look to the near future. Because as of this recording, we are 57 days away from the restarts of the county championship. 57 long days, but fingers crossed, you know, they don't go by too slowly at this particular moment in time. But the season is coming. It really is. And it's looking like a bumper summer. So what are your aspirations and ambitions heading into the summer of 2023 from both an individual and, of course, a team perspective? Yeah, no, firstly, yeah, I'm on a personal level, I'm very excited. And then for the team, I'm also very excited. Um, my, um, I think from a, from a team perspective, there's no reason why we shouldn't be looking, you know, I believe we've got the talent and the ability to, to really compete and, and win one of the white ball trophies, if not both. That's our goal. Like we're going to every game to win. And, um, yeah, it's just those both those competitions they come across, when they come around they happen very quickly. You know they're they're done within a few weeks, so it's obviously all about momentum and starting well. Um, but yeah, so I think as a goal perspective, we'd be looking to win one of those trophies at least, and then try and get promoted into Div One. Um, and I don't think those are unrealistic um, goals. I just think based on how we ended last year. And, um, you know, we're very close with the 50-over comp. We just narrowly missed out on a quarter-final spot. I think, I can't remember if it went down to net run rate, but it definitely went into that last game. And then um, even with the T20 cricket, we were we were right up up and amongst it. But then after the last few games, tailed off. So it was a, it was a, a season of what-ifs last year, but um, hopefully we can turn those what-ifs into, you know, into a reality of actually going through the gears and, getting some sort of silverware and and, a promotion, hopefully. Well, AJ, it goes without saying, but obviously myself and everybody associated with the Council Cricket Podcast are wishing yourself and the Gloucestershire boys nothing but the very best of luck heading into the summer of 2023 and beyond. As you said, a very exciting summer across all three formats is in store. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how you continue to develop as well. I've got to say that final month of the season, incredibly impressed, mate. So fingers crossed, more of the same, please. And no injuries in the summer of 2023. (laughs) That'd be absolutely ideal. But AJ Dale, I think that is a lovely place to wrap up what has been an outstanding episode of the County Cricket Podcast. I've just had a look at the time. An hour has simply flown by there. So before we say our final goodbyes for the episode, do you have anything to plug or promote? Any social media channels, websites, businesses, anything like that? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll say um, a shout out to Mighty Willow. <laughs> They're my kit sponsor, but now they've looked after me since I was a kid. Um, so yeah, especially anyone in the in the Slough in the Slough area, that that's where they're based. So yeah, give them a give them a. Yeah, have a look on their website for, for some kit. <laughs> but um, but also just want to say thank you uh, for having me on. And um, 
I actually find out a lot of my cricket news through your Instagram page. So <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> well, obviously, that's massively appreciated, AJ. And yeah, a bit surreal, I've got to say. I've been noticing that at the moment. I've been getting a lot of messages from people saying thanks for providing news and everything. It's just because I'm a little bit of a cricket tragic. Okay, that's all it is. I've got no life. County cricket is my life at this moment in time. But obviously, massively appreciate that and appreciate the support from from both yourself and everyone who does follow us on social media. Trust me, it really does mean a lot. But AJ, again, a massive thank you for today. We will leave the links to social media channels in the description below, as is tradition here at TCCP. So listeners, if you want to go and follow AJ on Instagram and Twitter, please feel free to go and do so by following those links in the description below. But that is essentially it from us two here at the Counter Cricket Podcast for tonight's episode. So each and every single one of you wonderful listeners out there, thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, guys, we'll see you on the next one.